0: Say amen. amen, amen. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me real quickly to Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. We're going to uh, uh, cover a topic we, we mentioned last week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how important the, the ingredients, or or not just ingredients. I, I use the word necessities, but whichever. Uh, help us with them lights out there, guys. I guess it's taking a little time. Uh, I want to I want to apologize to everybody that came in. Uh, to the parking lot and it was real crowded I got carried away in that first service amen Uh, so don't nobody not come next week because it's going to be the same way I promise you I'll get out in time amen uh, so, so please. I, I know sometimes when you're trying to find a parking spot, that's that's difficult and aggravating and and all that. But but please don't let that keep you from coming next week because I'm going to finish what we start today next week, and uh, I promise you we'll have a, we'll have a clearer parking lot. Amen. And I would encourage some of you young, some of you young uh, folks in here and uh, uh, that can. If you would, if you'd help us and park in the back to let our visitors and our older folks have the front parking spot, uh, it's, it's gravel, it's gravel, but uh, husbands, if you'll drop your wife off, she won't have to walk through it in high heels, amen. That's kind of weak, people. <laughs> amen. Help us out with that, help us out with that, but anyhow, let's get let's get right to it today. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to read one verse, I read uh, several this morning, that's probably why we went over time, but uh, we're going to read one verse that's really, really important. Uh, today, we're talking about marriage. We're talking about marriage, but this does not just apply to marriages. It, it applies to relationships in general. Uh, so if you're single and you have friends, this will help you. Uh, but most importantly, we want to focus on marriages. How many of y'all know the devil is doing all he can do to destroy marriages in America? He's doing it, listen, in such a subtle way. He is destroying relationships, he's destroying marriages because he's attacking the church, and the church is made up of homes and families. So if he can disintegrate the family, he can disintegrate the church. So let's let's do all we can to help strengthen our families, all right? Uh, Matthew 6, in verse 33. If you found your spot, say amen. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now everybody read it with me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Father, thank you, Lord, for an awesome time of worship. Thank you for a place that we could come and give you honor and glory. Thank you for an air-conditioned building. Lord, thank you for freedom to worship in the church that I choose. Lord, I didn't have to sneak here. I didn't have to, I didn't have to sneak around a jungle or, or, or be in a basement somewhere. God, we have freedom. And, and, and it might be short-lived, but we got it right now. And God, I thank you for that. And I pray that you'll be with every couple in this room, be with every person in this room, that we will receive something that's going to help us be a better Christian uh, tomorrow than we were today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, Relationships, marriages, uh, couples, uh, getting along. Uh, One one person said it this way. uh, uh, Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. I need a witness. (laughs) Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. Uh, uh, and another person said it this way when you're dating, go into dating with both eyes open and go into marriage with one eye shut. Amen? Because we're always going to find things. We're always going to see things either uh, that, 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 that w- maybe is, is a bother to us, but that's part of marriage. It's part of being human. Nobody's perfect. Say it with me. All the imperfect ones just spoke up, and all that you think you're perfect said nothing. So let's try that again. Say it with me. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But there are some things that we can do to make things better. Never settle for a good marriage. We always want to strive for a great marriage. Amen? And there's one key to this deal. There is a key. I don't care I don't care how many ingredients I give you or how many necessities I give you. There's one key that will make it all work. And it's not just with this particular outline. It's not just with this particular sermon. It works with everything we do. Every single time that you come into this church house and you hear the word of God spoken, you hear the word of God given, you need to do this right here, this key right here. Now, now somebody say this back to me. What's the key? Effort. Say it again. Say it again. The Bible says, don't be hearers of the word only, but be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word. It's kind of like the husband and wife who, who the wife finally talked the husband into going to the marriage class, and they go six weeks, and they sit in that class, and they hear stuff, they hear things that can help them hear things that can bless them, hear things that can make it better, things for them to do, and he goes home and sits in a recliner, gets the remote control, and does nothing about what he hears, does nothing about what was taught, he does nothing that he learned, and he makes no effort whatsoever, and then he'll turn around and tell his wife, I told you that wouldn't work. Now listen, let's not be that ignorant. Are you all with me? Let's, why, if, if you're going to come in here, If you're going to come in here into the house of God on a Sunday morning uh, when there's probably 50 other things you could be doing, I know this sounds crazy for a preacher to be saying this, but if you're just going to come in here and listen and not do it, you're wasting your time. You're not in here to fulfill. You're not in here just to make a quota. God doesn't have an attendance record up in heaven and checking your name off every time. We come in here to find the Word of God, hear the Word of God, learn it so we can go out there and do it to make our life better. Everything in here is to make our life better, to make it run smoother, to to have it more in line with the will of God. God wants a great life for you. God has Listen, he has planned a great life for you, but we got to do it by the book. And when you come in here, you learn how to do it by the book. Amen. Now there's way too much stuff. The more stuff I wanted to give you five necessities, but we're only going to get two of them. All right, because I had way too much information. Matter of fact, two was almost well, it was too much. I went overtime. Amen. But we're going to slimline it down. Amen. Two things we're going to talk about today, and then we're going to cover the other three next Sunday. All right. Two things that we've got to put in our marriages, we've got to put in our relationships. The very first thing, and it's number one, we have to put Christ in our marriage. We have to keep Christ the center of our relationships... The center of our marriages. Jesus said in this verse, and if you'll go back when you're at home, go back and read the verses that came before, the verse we read, and you'll find out he's talking about raiment, he's talking about clothing, he's talking about food, he's talking about shit, he's talking about all of these things that we're really making an effort to get, and we're really making an effort to have, we're working ourselves to the bone to have, and he said, listen, if you would just put me first, I will make sure you have all that you need. If you will seek me first, all of these things will be added unto you. And you realize we make more effort to make money. We make more effort to have things. We make more effort to do all of these stuff than the effort that we make to keep Christ first in our lives. And Christ says you got it all backwards. Most of y'all are living in lack most of y'all are, are living in need because you're trying to do the things you want or have the things you want without putting me first. And if you'll just put me first, I'll make sure you have all that stuff. Amen. Are we reading the Bible? Are we? Is the, is the letters that we read red? Y'all didn't look. Look in your Bible. What color's the writing? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What color is the writing? Who's speaking? Jesus. Can Jesus lie? No. So that means if we put him first, everything we want in marriage will happen. Everything we want in our relationships will be there. The joy, the peace, the supply, whatever it is, it will be there if we keep him first. Now, look, I'm a real how-to preacher. I, I've, I've been to so many services. I've been to revivals and camp meetings and, and the preacher preached an hour and a half on how low down sorry and sinner you are and have you that far into the carpet fibers and then leave you there. Uh-uh. Say amen. Man, tell me how bad I am, but tell me how to do something about it. Amen. Help me. What What do we do? All right, if we're going to keep Christ, if we're going to keep Christ the center of our life, if we're if that's what we need to do, If that's the the number one ingredient, if that's the number one necessity in life, if we're going to keep Christ the center of our life, the first thing we're going to have to do as a couple, as a couple with our spouses, uh, listen, we're going to have to start learning to pray together. Pray together. And listen, praying over the table food don't count. Amen? God is good. God is great. Amen? That that don't work. I'm talking about seriously pray together. A family that prays together stays together. I'm telling you, that's a fact. The family that splits up, they have stopped praying a long time before that ever takes place. Well, what do we pray about? I'll give you some things to pray about. Well, what do we need to pray about? If we're going to pray together, what do we need to pray about? How about plans that you make? Pray about plans that you make. You know, pray about decisions. Pray about plans. Don't, there are so many couples that one's got this on their mind and one's got that on their mind. I mean, when you're thinking the future, when you're thinking things way ahead, one's thinking one thing and the other's thinking the other. Making decisions, going, and wonder why we're not on the same page. When you sit down and make decisions, well, I tell you what. I tell you what, this is the way it works in my house. I just tell her what she's going to do, and that's the way it is. Don't, that don't even work in the movie. Say amen. That's not, and by the way, that's not biblical. I know you want to say that's biblical. That's not biblical. She's not your slave. The Bible calls her your helpmeet. The Bible calls you a leader. A leader, a wise leader. Every great and wise leader always listen to the counsel that was around him to help make the decisions he made. What does that mean? She is a help me. My wife was given to me as a help me to help me in my life and to complete me. Not to compete. Women, we don't compete with our husbands. We complete our husbands. So sit down. And when you make those decisions, pray together. Pray together. Now this is a rare occasion. This is a rare occasion, almost so rare, let's act like it it probably won't ever happen. But just in case there is a rare occasion that you have to make a decision, that there is something that you're praying about, there's something that you want to do, and and, and you're praying about those plans and you've prayed, you sincere I mean really, not not don't fake it now. Don't fake, but if you've sincerely prayed about it, you and your husband or, or the husband and the wife, and it comes and you still cannot agree on it, the husband has the responsibility To make the decision. Now because that's the place that God gave him in the marriage. But here's the one thing guys. You got to understand this. And you better know it's God. You better know it's God. Because one day you're going to stand before God. For every decision you make for your family. So why you're so excited about having that leadership role. Understand this. Understand this. There is a greater accountability to the greater uh, responsibility that we have as husbands. Amen. Plans pray about plans what else can we pray about how about this let's pray about problems problems how many of y'all have ever had a problem there's a bunch of lying people in here everybody nobody no we ain't got no problems we, yeah come on how many of y'all have ever got in a discussion with your spouse see i use the politically correct term All right, how many of y'all went past the discussion right into an argument? When's the last time you said, wait a minute, let's pray about this. Listen, we're not not coming together. We're not really getting anywhere with this. Let's just stop and let's let's pray about this. Now, I'm preaching to me. Y'all are just here right now. I need to do this. I guarantee you this, if we would start doing this, if we would start doing this, it would cut the discussions way down. Because what begins to creep into the argument, what begins to creep into the discussion is ego and pride. Y'all with me? Let's pray about it. If we can't come to a conclusion, let's pray about it. If there's a problem, a situation that we're, that we're, we're trying to deal with, let's just pray about it. How about this? How about this? This is really important. The the last two that we need to pray about is really, really important in marriages because it's causing divorces right after another. First is, how about purchases? We need to pray about purchases. Say, why should we pray about that? What's the big deal about that? Because financial problems are one of the number one, if not the number one, cause of divorce in America. Finances. Buying things. Usually, usually in every marriage, there's a saver and there's a spender. Sometimes there's a spender and a spender. That just means you go broke quicker. Amen? But one wants to save and one wants to spend. One wants to, you know, uh, and, and, and it's really good to have both. It's really good to have both. You need a saver so you don't need Alpo when you get 60. Say amen. You need somebody to have a little discipline. A little, but you need a spender so you have a life. Amen? But you gotta work together, and when it comes to those purchases, when it comes to those big things, that house or that car or, or whatever that might be, uh, listen. You don't need to let one just go off and do it, and then the other be mad at him the rest of the time. Hello, Amen. Are y'all y'all still out there? I can't see the lights. I you know the only way I know you're there is if I can hear you. So uh, hello, Amen. Sit down and pray about it. God, do we need this vehicle? God, do we need to make this purchase? God, do I need this situation? Because when you get down and pray and God gives you both peace about it, you're not going to argue about it anymore. Amen? Christ. If we put him first, we'll we'll pray together. We'll pray about our purchases. We'll pray about our problems. What was the first thing I said? We'll pray about our plans, our decisions, and this is really, really, really important because this is one of the other number one issues that's causing divorces is we need to pray about our parenting, our parenting because there's sometimes in life we can't agree on a situation with our kids. Now, now ladies and gentlemen, I need everybody to pay close attention to this because this is really, 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 really important if you cannot agree on a situation with your with your child that you're parenting what you need to do is get in the car and go about five miles down the road away from your kids and then tell the other person you don't agree with it do not ever again ever again in your lifetime disagree on a parenting decision in front of your child because your children are sharp Your children are smarter than your average bear. And when your children see that you disagree on a parenting issue, they're going to team up with the one that's closer to their side and they're going to start manipulating you and they're going to work the system. Every decision in parenting that you ever make ever from now on in your whole entire life, you make it together. You agree together. You bring it down together, whether it's punishment or whatever it may be, discipline, whatever it may be, you do it together because your children will work you. And they'll play you like a fiddle. Oh, not my little Johnny. Yeah, your little Johnny. Be together. Be together. And one of the, one of the, one of the easiest ways to be together on it is what? To, what, what, what are we going to do about it? Pray about it. See, this keeps Christ the center of the relationship. Pray about it. We need to pray together. Then be, write this down. with our spouses if we're going to keep christ the center of our our life and our our relationship we need to pray together we need to worship together we need to worship together listen listen man you don't need to sit home while your wife takes the kids to church you need to worship together you need to have a time where you are in the in the congregation together sitting together with your spouse now, we have, we have a crazy hours at this church because we're doing everything we can to get get as many people and reach as many people with the gospel because if they die without Christ, they're going to hell and we're running out of time. And we have a smaller building, and so we, we, you know, we fit a bunch of people in a small building, so we do it in, 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 in sections, amen? We're doing it shifts third shift, amen? We got, we got crazy stuff. And that's why it was crowded in the parking lot, and and I get all of that. So we we got a or, the organization around here has got to be phenomenal to get people in the right places because it takes about uh, about 150 people to make just one service happen. And sometimes rotating people out and, and where they're at and where they're serving it's it's difficult, but you need to at least have one worship service a week where you can sit down with your spouse. Say, well, preacher, I done I done worked in the first service. We'll go to church in the second. You can't worship worship while you're working. Let me say that again. You cannot worship while you're working. And I've seen a lot of people come in and do their their, their service or their their work, whether it was in the nursery or whatever, and then leave. I've never gotten that. I've never understood that. Well, I've done my part. All right, now come in here and worship God. Amen? Amen? Worship together. You say, oh, preacher, I just can't do it. There's no way with what I do. Then you need to back up from what you're doing and spend time in this building with your wife worshiping Jesus. If you absolutely cannot stay for two services to do a service act and a worship act, I would rather you worship than serve. Because if you only serve and never worship, you're going to quit serving after a while. And if you keep worshiping and he means that much to you and you'll begin to love him more and more, you you can start making time for him in service. Amen? Nothing I'm going to say today is popular, so just it is what it is. Amen? We need to pray together. We need to worship together. We need to serve together. We need to serve together. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't necessarily mean that you're on the same team. That doesn't mean you're out there uh, 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 greeting together or you're in the parking lot together because we really don't need ladies out in the parking lot to say, man, that's not what I mean. I mean you need to do something for God and he needs to do something for God. because the whole purpose of this point is not uh, you're not serving together to draw each other closer, although that will happen. You're serving together so that Christ will be exalted in your life. because if we keep him number one, Everything else will fall into place. And you cannot keep him number one. He is not number one in your life till you are doing something for him. He is not number one in your life till you are using the gift that God gave you to serve him and others. Jesus said this. This came out of Jesus' own mouth. He said, unless a man will deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. Now, now that cross, ladies and gentlemen, that cross is not arthritis. That cross is not a sickness. Ladies, that cross is not your husband. Amen? The cross you have to bear is the calling that God has given you. It is the commission. Jesus said, I came to carry this cross, and that cross was the cross of Calvary. That was his destiny. That was his calling. That was his commission. And God is saying that every human being has a calling. They have a commission. They have a gift that God has given them. And unless you're willing to use that gift for his glory, you cannot be a disciple. So in order to be have him number one in your life, we need to pray together. We need to worship together. We need to serve together. Church, say amen. Amen. How many of y'all today want more than anything for you and your spouse to have Christ number one in your life? Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two, quickly. Quickly. Uh, The second second ingredient that we need to keep in our relationships its really, really important, and this is breaking down faster than anything in the marriage, is communication. Write that down. Communication. Uh, Zig Ziglar told a story of a lady who went to her pastor because she wanted a divorce from her husband. And the pastor said, well, well ma'am, do you have any grounds? She said, well, you know we do, preacher. We got three acres on the outside of town. You've been there. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, ma'am, do you have a grudge? Well, no, we got a carport. No, 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 no. What, I mean, does your husband beat you up? No, I'm up at six and he gets up an hour after me. <laughs> ma'am, what I'm trying to say, do you have a case? She said, absolutely not. We have a John Deere. <laughs> well, ma'am, I'm trying to ask you, are your are you and your husband having any troubles? Oh, yes, 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 we have trouble. He said, well, like what? Like communication. Now, how many times do we say one thing and they hear another? Experts experts say this. There are six things. There are six things that's actually communicated when we speak. Six messages that can come. To, when you say one thing. There are six things that can actually come through. No wonder we're having problems. Watch this. This is what can happen. Number one, when you say something, it's what you mean to say. Say that with me. What you... Now, that is rarely what's communicated. But that's what—that's one thing. Number two, what you actually say. Number three, what the other person hears. Ladies say amen right there. What the other person thinks he hears. What the other person says about what you said. What you think the other person said about what you said. Communication. Listen, uh, marriage counselors say it over, that over half of all divorces are the result of poor communication. And if they could have just learned to talk, they could have saved their marriage. Do y'all know what the, the most important part, the most important part on your head when it comes to communication? It's not your mouth. What do you think it is? It's your ears. The Bible says be swift to hear and slow to speak. Sometimes it's not that we're not speaking. Many times it's we're not listening. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that causes a breakdown in communication. A lot of it is because of what we grew up with, what was modeled in front of us, what we saw. One one problem, one problem, ladies, I need all the ladies to pay attention real quick. You got to get this, you gotta get this. Uh, every lady needs to pay attention to what I'm saying right here. You got there's one thing you need to know about your man. Every man, when he is born, is brain damaged. I see ladies out there saying, Well, you're not telling me nothing. Amen. (laughs) This is a scientific fact. God is my, I'm not making this up. This is not something I'm doing for humor's sake, even though it is funny. It is a scientific fact. When a male becomes a male in the womb, there's parts, there's a chemical that washes on parts of the brain that causes damage to the brain. That's why his vocabulary is nowhere near what the woman's is. A woman's vocabulary is thousands and thousands of words more than the man. They did, they did studies over a, a kindergarten playground. They put mics on a kindergarten playground and they studied the, the, the audible sounds coming uh, from the little boys and the little girls and the audible sounds that you could understand coming from the girls far far surpassed the boys. I mean, you could hear every word they were saying. The boys was rum rum rim rim vroom, rim rim mom. Brain damage. You see, women have a vocabulary here. Men have here. And what happens, the man comes home. He comes home from work. He don't want to talk. He wants the recliner, and he wants the remote control and a plate. Say amen. You know why? He's used all his words up. And she wants to talk because she's just getting warmed up. Am I not talking to somebody today? Now, men, what did I say the key to this whole deal was in the very beginning? Effort. You don't want to talk, but you got to. You got to. You got to start learning to communicate. Listen, intimacy is not about the physical act. Intimacy is about knowing every single thing about the most, the most, listen, deepest parts of your spouse. You can't know that unless you communicate. And so many people come into my office, and they're fussing, and they're fighting, and they're carrying on, and one will say this. I say, well, does he understand that? Well, I don't know. Well, did you tell him? He's supposed to know. Brain damage. He's not going to know. Ladies, don't assume anything. Nobody can read minds in here. Are you all with me? Well, if he loved me, he would know. No, he wouldn't. He loves you, but he don't know. Tell him. Amen? Help us, Lord. Let me give you, I'm, I'm about to go over again. Uh, let me give you just, just a couple things about communication. We'll, we'll dismiss and pray and fast and talk to Jesus. We'll communicate to somebody. Amen. We'll, hey. Now listen, when it comes to communication, ladies and gentlemen, this is so important. If I reveal my weaknesses, this is one spouse to the other. This is, this is in communication. If I reveal my weaknesses, don't embarrass me. In communication, if I reveal my weaknesses, don't embarrass me. If we ever fail to open up with our spouse, then we will never have a happy marriage. If it comes to the point where you start avoiding telling your spouse just how you struggle, that's not a healthy relationship. The greatest fear in relationships is the fear of rejection, especially with the men. We would never admit to that, not in 100 years, because our pride's too big and our ego's too big. We would never admit to that, but it's the greatest fear in men, the fear of rejection. It's very damaging for men because we are taught to be tough and not to expose our emotions. And and, and on the opposite, men, when's the last time you really, in a passionate way, told your wife how much you loved her? I'm not talking about in, in just a surface form. I'm talking about from your heart, you spoke that and showed how much you loved her. You communicated that. It's amazing. Paul Harvey talked about a man who had not kissed his wife in 10 years and then shot and killed the man who did. He wouldn't communicate it, but he sure didn't want nobody else to. Men, don't give somebody else a chance to make your wife happy. Communicate it. Ladies, if, if we do reveal a weakness, or, or, or men, if they reveal a weakness, don't embarrass them. And another good hint, this is, this is just a commercial, this don't have nothing to do with it, but never embarrass each other in public. You shouldn't embarrass each other anyway, but the, the, the worst in the world is to embarrass them in public. Amen. If I expose my weaknesses, don't embarrass me. B, if I tell the truth, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Proverbs 8, 7 says, For my mouth shall speak truth. My mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Jesus said, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, we, want it, we should do unto others as, as we would have them do unto us. And this works the same with communication. Listen, couples that struggle in this commandment are great at wearing masks through life. We call that kind of person a hypocrite. Proverbs 11.9 says a hypocrite with his mouth destroys. Why don't we just start being honest and remove the masks that's destroying our marriage? It's hard to live with somebody you can't trust. Don't lie to me. My dad told me this a long time ago. If a man will lie to you, he'll steal from you. Don't lie. Don't lie. It does so much damage that's that's sometimes irreparable because you can't live together and have a close relationship when you can't trust the person you're with. Say amen. C. Oh, help us. Help us. This is mostly men, but women can be guilty of this. If I share my opinion don't shout and intimidate me. If I share my opinion, don't shout and intimidate me. A temper tantrum is not communication. Shouting at the top of your voice so the entire neighborhood to hear is not what I call a good testimony either. Intimidators tend to be control freaks. You can always spot a control freak by their communication. You know, and this this goes both ways. My wife said to her friend, "Said me and my husband had words last night. Said I just didn't get none of mine in." Amen. I found out this. I found out this. Being, and this is not just in marriage relationship. This is. It, I go to the coon club. Uh, the the, the uh, uh, and 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 when they get to talking about politics, it's so funny. I know why. Now people say don't talk politics or religion, because I'm telling you, people. People, it don't matter what side you're on. People have their own ideas and stuff, and and if one goes to getting the better of the other, or their facts line up more, and this one feels like he's he's not winning, they don't get more facts, they get more volume. Are, are y'all with me? And the same thing happens in the relationship. If the man feels like that she's winning, the 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 you know, the the argument or her facts are closer to reality than his instead of trying to get more facts or saying, you know what, you may be right. He won't swallow his ego and his pride. He'll just get louder. Like that's going to, you know, I'm I'm winning the argument because I'm like, No, you're intimidating. And you'll never have a good relationship that way. And and, and women are guilty too. I've seen women come out as just as guilty. Either side of the deal, never, listen, keep the volume low. Keep the volume low. We don't need to shout, listen, if your facts don't line up, then admit you're wrong and go on. Say these words with me. I'm sorry. It's amazing how how much stuff that right there fixes. Amen? Now, men, that's that's ours. but, But, ladies, if I fail to say it correctly, don't turn on the tears. Shouting is intimidating. Tears are manipulating. Because y'all know we don't like that. And it bothers us and it just, you know, we don't want to see it. And we turn to mush. And well, most of you do. Some of you are so cold-hearted it don't, you know. You know if you turn them fountains on and we're just going to, that's that's wrong. That's just as wrong as a husband shouting at his wife. Because one, either way, we're trying to get our way and not come to an agreement. Amen? Well, that was weak. <laughs> Listen, and lastly, this is my biggest pet peeve of all, biggest of all of them. A, if I expose my weakness, don't embarrass me. B, if I tell the truth, don't lie to me. C, if I share my opinion, don't shout and intimidate me. D, if I fail to say it correctly, don't turn on the tears. And E, if I don't agree with you, don't give me the silent treatment. I can put up with tears better than I can put up with silent treatment. I don't know whether that's because the way I'm I'm made and God wired me that I could argue with a stump. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. But don't give me the cold shoulder. See, we try to a lot of people, men and women, we, we, we try to act spiritual like, <coughs> well, <coughs> my mama said if, if I can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. Come on, man, don't even go there. You know your spouse don't want to live with a polar bear. Well, I didn't say nothing. And we think that justifies our actions by letting that other person know, I don't like what you did, I don't agree with what you did, and I'm not going to argue with it, I'm just not going to say nothing until you do what I want. Guys, that's wicked. That is wicked. And that is not communication. Because there's going to come a point that that other person is going to get to the point he don't care about that cold shoulder anymore. Or she don't, and she or he is going to go to somebody who can actually communicate in such a way that they don't act like a five-year-old. And I know none of this is popular, and I don't even want to be saying this. I'm sweating right now, and it ain't even hot. I don't like none of this. I don't even like talking about none of this. But I tell you what I like even less is seeing people's lives destroyed because of divorce. Now, I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about being married two years and quit. I'm talking about 20 and 25 years, people getting divorced, and their homes are being torn apart. When if we would just stop and pray about something, we would stop and start considering the other person's feelings and not have to have our own way every time and quit being selfish jerks. I said it. Selfish jerks. Listen, let's think about the other Let's put Christ first. And by the way, if we will put Christ first, I promise you this, you're not going to be selfish. You can't. It's an impossibility to hang around Christ and be selfish. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, no ego, no pride whatsoever, no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant. start serving your spouse and see how much better your marriage gets if we will quit expecting them to do for us and start doing for them how we want them to do for us it would blow your mind how it would change your situation now I will say this for all you all you in here maybe you're here without your spouse and you're hearing this but they're not you can't change them but I have a God who can And if you're here with your spouse, you still can't change him or you can't change her. I've tried to change Tammy for years. She's tried to change me and she's thrown in the towel. You know why? It don't work that way. But if I want to make my relationship better and my marriage better, guess who I can change? Let's work on us and let's leave them to God. The Bible says the heart, the heart of the king, is in the hand of the Lord, as the river's water. He turn it with us, wherever he will. God can change their heart. Ladies, the Bible says in Peter that you can win an unbelieving husband without the word. You know what that means? Without being under preaching, without dragging them to the church, you can win your husband by your chase conversation. In other words, by your behavior around them. He won't come to church. He won't never change. You can change him at home. By your behavior around him, by your holiness and righteousness around him, by your loving God around him, he's going to see something in you that he wants and he desires. You're the salt of the earth. And and it works the same way with men. Men, if you have a wife that's not here that that, that you really want to reach, just love God in front of her and she will want what you have. Church, say amen. Two necessities. For a great marriage and a great relationship. Two things. What was the first one? Christ. That's number one. we got to put him first. Number two, we have to have good communication. Now, I know this was convicting, guys. Trust me, it was as quiet as a church mouse in that first service. Because I know every marriage has issues. Did you hear what I said? Every mar- Every single marriage in this room has issues. And we all could use some help. So why don't we do this today? for well, One time in our life, if ever, let's swallow our pride. Swallow our ego. Take the halo off, put it in our pocket, and come to this altar and say, God, help me put you first and help us have good communication.